0: This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. For the name of Jesus, we thank you for this wonderful occasion that we have to come together as a family and worship you in spirit and in truth. Thank you for the rich and living Word of God. We thank you as I come to teach today I do not have to trust or depend in limited human abilities, but I do trust in you, and therefore I know without doubt that you anoint my mind, that I might grasp the revelation that will rise in abundance from my heart within. I thank you now for supernatural recall of the scripture, and I believe that your word will flow from my mouth smoothly, accurately, clearly, without... Interference from anything in Jesus' name, carried by your Spirit to every person's mind, that your word may enter and bring understanding and remove all confusion, to every heart that you will enter bringing faith, removing all fear, and we'll be careful to give you alone the praise, the honor, and the glory for all that is revealed and accomplished through your word and by your Spirit here today in the wonderful, matchless name of Jesus. And all those who love the Lord said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. I want to welcome all of you watching live this morning to Christian Family Church, Johannesburg in Atlas Road, right next to the city airport. Today's message is going to give you insight into how, how to walk in the blessing of God. Stay with us. I believe you'll find this very encouraging. Welcome them, family. And you may be seated. The worldwide church of the Lord Jesus will be mighty in these last days. Say that the worldwide church of the Lord Jesus will be mighty in these last days. That's the title of my message this morning. I'm reading my first verses from 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 11. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. What are they talking about here? What is Paul writing to the church about inspired By the Holy Spirit. This is saying that the Old Covenant with its practices has passed away. Has passed away. In other words, the old temple and all its glory, the old covenant has passed away, but the new temple and the new covenant will remain for eternity, and that has much more glory than the old. We must become acquainted with the Holy Spirit. We must learn to allow Him to flow through us. We must learn to allow Him to guide us. The Holy Spirit wants to put you on like a glove on a hand. And He wants to work through you. And He wants to guide you. Now the shadow is gone. And the substance remains. The shadow is the forerunner to the substance. The substance always casts the shadow. Your body is the substance and you have a shadow. And if you were walking, my wife walking towards me and the sun was behind her, the shadow would come first and then the substance. Now, the shadow is nothing to be compared with the substance. If I want to hug her, I wouldn't fall on the ground and hug her with shadow. I get much more joy by hugging her, the substance. Jesus is the substance, and the church is the substance. All that came before the cross is the shadow coming first, but the real remains forever, and we are part of the real. Thank God. Haggai 2:9 says, "The glory of this latter temple." that's the church, shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. The former temple, referring to the temple of Moses, or the tabernacle of Moses, which traveled with them in the wilderness, and also the temple of Solomon. Of course, the latter temple is the church. So the Bible says the glory of this latter temple is far greater than the glory of the former. And we see in the Bible that God's Spirit hovered over the Ark of the Covenant in its glory in the old temple of Solomon. But how much more is that glory in you and me and upon us as a church today, according to this verse? Now let's look at a type of this in the Old Testament. As Moses was leading the children of Israel through the wilderness from Egypt Canaan in Numbers 9.15. Follow with me from the New King James. Now on the day that the tabernacle was raised up, the cloud covered the tabernacle, the tent of the testimony. From evening until morning it was above the tabernacle like the appearance of fire. So the presence of God like a cloud in the day and fire at night hovered over the tabernacle. That cloth wood structure that was a place for the priests to go and worship God. That was erected and taken down every time they stopped to camp. The Bible says in verse 16, So it was always. The cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. Whenever the cloud was taken up, from above the tabernacle, after that, the children of Israel would journey, and in the place where the cloud settled, there the children of Israel would pitch their tents. So three million people kept an eye on the cloud, because when the cloud lifted and then began to travel, they'd pack up their belongings and run off the cloud and stay under it. And when the cloud stopped, they'd unpack all their belongings and stayed under the cloud. So it was when the cloud remained only for an evening until morning. When the cloud was taken up in the morning, then they would journey whether by day or by night. Whenever the cloud was taken up, they would journey. So the Bible tells us that even if the cloud stayed for one night, they would stay for one night. When the cloud left in the morning after just one day, they would run after it. No one missed following the cloud. No one lagged behind. No one missed the bus. Because they knew. If they stayed in that cloud, all their needs were met. Food would be supplied. Clothing would be supplied. Water would be supplied. Shoes would not wear out. And if they stayed behind in their tent and let the cloud go on, scorpions would come in. Snakes would come in. Wild beasts of the desert would come in and devour them, and they'd run out of water, food, and clothing. They had to stay with God. God is telling us through that type, through that example, if we all follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit today, we will remain in his presence. We will be protected, and all our needs will be met. If we'll be led by the Spirit of God, He will lead us from victory to victory, glory to glory. You'll prosper and be in good health. You'll have success in this life. And then, at the end of your days, you'll hear Jesus say, Well done, good and faithful servant, enter thou into the joy of your Lord. Of course, if we refuse to follow the Holy Spirit, then we'll find ourselves in trouble sooner or later sooner or later we'll find ourselves in trouble and we will not hear good and faithful servant we cannot just live a selfish life do you all know that can i have at least one amen this morning so i cannot live a selfish life god bought me with his own life and i belong to him he is my lord And I need to live for Him. Is this true? Is that good preaching? Amen. Just checking. Galatians 5.25. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. What's that say? In other words, if you are born again by the Holy Spirit, let us also be led by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in you. And when you follow peace, you are following the cloud. But if you want to make a decision and you have unrest, uncertainty, concern, that's the Holy Spirit in you saying that decision is going to bring you harm and danger. God wants to protect you from harm and danger and loss. And so you'll have an unrest in your heart when you make a choice in life that's not pleasing to the Lord. When you start walking away from the cloud... He'll let you know. And if you continue to make choices and decisions that leave you with peace in your heart, then you're staying under the cloud and you're in the blessing of God. Amen? So, the Bible says, if you're born again by the Spirit of God, then be led by the Spirit of God. Galatians 5.16 says, I say, then walk in the Spirit... And you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit. What's that mean? That means be led by the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. Follow the Spirit. And you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now that's written to the church. So God is saying that the lust of the flesh exists in the church. You will never be without the flesh wanting to do things that are displeasing to the Lord. It will always be there. You see, your spirit is born again by the life of God in you. Your mind is renewed by hearing the word of God. And your thinking changes to line up with God's thinking because of the word. But your body hasn't changed It's the same body you had always, before you were a Christian. That body is going to change when Jesus comes. And those that come with him will enter their bodies, they'll come out the grave, and they'll receive a brand new body, just like Jesus has. But we who are alive will receive a brand new body like Jesus has as well. Then, at that point, our body will want to follow the Spirit of God. But now, our body wants to live for itself. Our flesh desires to do things that do not please the Lord. That's for all of us. It doesn't matter who you are. All of us will will always have that war between the flesh and the spirit to deal with. But the Bible says we overcome that by walking in the spirit. You might say, by praying in tongues. And listening to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. spending time in the Word. That's how you walk in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Talk to God. And read your Bible. Come to church. Those simple little things will keep your spirit man strong. And your spirit man then will keep your life on track following the cloud. But if we deplete our spiritual strength then we are going to follow the flesh and go the wrong way. You see, I, I, I said to, to Pastor Bev many years ago, I said, honey, you never have to worry about me and other women. If you see me praying and reading my Bible, you know I'm fine. Amen? That's the key. It's not rocket science. Amen? You know, uh, many years ago, I heard a story about a, a man who was 90 years old, preaching on the island of Mauritius in one of our churches there. And uh, during his sermon, he did something very strange. He leant he on his pulpit, and he said to the congregation, he said, he's 90 years older, he said, I want you to all pray for me, that I will flee youthful lusts. I thought he has high hopes. But no, no I didn't think that. Sorry. Morty Pastor. But anyhow, um, you know, so it doesn't matter how old you are, you'll never get rid of the flesh. So understand this. If your flesh wants to do something, that's not a sin. It's a sin when you let it. Yes. Are you tracking me, church? So, we're going to walk in the Spirit. And we will live for God and stay under the cloud. Now 1 Corinthians 3 verse 1 says, And our brethren could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. Paul said, I couldn't talk to you Christians at Corinth like mature Christians. I'd have talked to you like babies. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now you were not able to receive solid food. And even now you are still not able. So we can see we we do have spiritual and carnal Christians. Carnal Christians are baby Christians. Now, I'll talk about that in a moment. Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. So how can you tell who's a full-grown son and who's a baby Christian? Those who are being led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. Say this, those who are available to the Holy Spirit and not living selfish lives, they are full-grown sons and daughters. One more time. Those who are not living selfish lives, but are open to the Holy Spirit's guidance, they... Of full grown sons and daughters. A baby carnal Christian is one who yields to the desires of the flesh at the expense of the spirit. So a baby Christian is one who will do things that the flesh wants and suffer spiritual consequences. But a spiritual man or woman is one who yields to the Spirit of God at the expense of the flesh. In other words, a spiritual person would take off vacation to be at celebration for a whole week and maybe miss quite a few hours of sleep because they're here. And if they can't get leave, They'll come anyhow in the evening, and even if they get home late, they're still going to go to work, and they're going to come back the next night. Why? Because they want to feed their spirit, even if it costs the flesh some tiredness. So, they will take care of their spirit for, uh, at the expense of the flesh, a spiritual person. One can only be a full grown son or daughter if they yield to the Spirit and obey the Spirit. Those who do not obey the Holy Spirit will will reach uh, those who do obey the Holy Spirit will reach out to the lost. God loves lost souls, does He not? Did God love you when you were lost? Of course he did. That's God's number one priority is to get people to heaven. And he wants the lost to know how much he loves them. And he's depending on us to let our light shine. Anyone out there? Those who obey the Spirit of God will have a compassion for lost souls because that's the heart of God. Therefore, the Holy Spirit will definitely lead you to reach out to lost people and at least pray for them. And until we're willing to do this, will not hear his voice say, well done, good and faithful servant. How can I be pleasing to God if I never care about lost souls? I'm asking you. If I only pray, God bless me, my wife, my son, us four, no more. If I only pray, God, gimme, give gimme, give gimme, give my name is Jimmy and I'll take all you'll give me. that's the way I pray, I never pray for a lost neighbor, my lost work friend, my lost exercise partner, my lost uh, uh, school partner, my lost uh, sports person that I know. If I ever pray for a lost soul, or even think about them, if they're not on my radar, how can I be pleasing the Lord? It's getting awfully quiet in this Presbyterian church. Or Anglican Church. I think I've given the Presbyterians a hard enough time. (laughs) Let's change up. So, when we are ready to say, not my will, but thy will be done, then we are going to hear his voice clearly. See? What do I mean by that? Well, if I want to hear God's voice, let's imagine somebody comes to you and they say, I'd like to ask your advice. Should I marry Jane or not? Now, let's say Jane was really bad news. And let's say that your friend John had already bought the ring, paid for the cake, paid for the venue, paid for the honeymoon, that everything he needed to do to make that wedding a success. Now he says to you, do you think I should marry Jane or not? But you know he's gung-ho, he's going to do it. If he says to you, should I marry Jane, is it even worthwhile commenting? What's your advice going to matter? Hello? Right? You might as well be talking to the trees. Save your breath. He's not going to listen to your advice. I don't think you should marry Jane. It's it's like water off a duck's back. He's going to marry Jane. Now, if I'm determined to do something, why even ask God what he wants? He's going to not even talk to me. When I say, God, not my will be done, thy will be done in everything, then you're going to start hearing his voice very clearly. But until then, it's not going to be as clear as it should be. Are you tracking me? So say that, Father, from today, not my will be done, but yours. And I'm ready and available to share the love of Jesus with whoever, with whoever, you bring to me. Is that okay? Are you with me, church? Is this good preaching? All right. Then we'll be ready to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. When we are willing to say, not my will, but Thy will be done, we qualify as full sons and full-grown daughters. Jesus said in John 16, 13, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. And he will tell you things to come. So this, the Holy Spirit was sent to me to share the future with me. And 1 Corinthians 2.12 says, Now we have received, the Holy Spirit is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So that the Holy Spirit has been sent to me to tell me all that God has for me, according to the word of God. He wants me to follow the Holy Spirit like Israel followed the cloud. God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. Can you see that? Family of God, we don't have to have prophets tell us what to do. That's all covenant. The new covenant prophet will just confirm something. But don't run off and do what a prophet tells you to do. You've got the Holy Ghost in you as well. Verse 14. The things of God are spiritually discerned. Very interesting verse. The things of God are spiritually discerned. That word discerned in Strong's, it's number 350. It means, from the Greek to English, investigate, examine, to search. So you could say it this way. The things of God are spiritually investigated. They are spiritually examined. They are spiritually searched. How do we do that? Well, the Bible says in Romans eight twenty-seven, the Holy Spirit, it says that we know the mind of the Spirit because He makes intercession for us according to the will of God. Say this, I know what the Holy Spirit is saying to me because when I pray in the Spirit, He prays the will of God for my future and reveals it to my heart. At the same time. So when you pray in the spirit. You're receiving instruction. And also use your faith at the same time. By saying this. Say Holy Spirit. I receive your instruction. Holy Spirit. I receive your instruction. Now when you say that. Your spirit. And the Holy Spirit. Who dwell together. In your heart. He dwells with you in you. When you say that, I receive instruction, your spirit begins to search out wisdom and knowledge from the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. So when you say, I don't know what to do about this. What am I going to do now? Nothing happens. you just cut off from wisdom. But when you say, I know exactly what I'm going to do about this, even if you don't know, you say, I believe I know. At that moment, your spirit begins to search out wisdom and knowledge and understanding And you'll be surprised how quickly you'll make the right decision. Don't just run off and do things without thinking about it and talking to God about it. Because you'll see far better results. So say it again. The things of God are spiritually discerned. That's how you tune in to the cloud. That's how you tune in to the Spirit of God. John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Praise God. Now, this verse is for those who say, not my will, but thy will be done. There are many Christians who can actually quote the Bible and large portions of it, but they're only qualified to become sons when they do what they know. we we'll only be qualified to become full-grown sons and daughters when we do what we know. It's pointless knowing a whole bunch of stuff and never doing any of it. What good is that? Are you all gone home? That's why we have men and women who are 30 years old in the Lord and they're still baby Christians following the spirit, or following the flesh. And we have some baby Christians who are maybe five-year-old Christians, who have become sons and daughters in God because they are willing to follow the Holy Spirit. Matthew 4.19. The Lord Jesus said, Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. All right, what's that mean? Jesus is saying, If you'll follow what I do, if you'll live for me, you'll become a fisher of men. Now, what is a fisher of men? Who knows what a fisher of men is? Let me see. Five of you. Just try that again. Who knows what a fisher of men is? Okay. Say a soul winner. Say so a fisher of men. Is one. who wins souls. So Jesus said. If you follow me. You will become a fisher of men. Jesus said. If you follow me. You will become a soul winner. Because Jesus is training us. To reach out to the lost. That was the last thing he said to his disciples, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature or every person. Amen? So say this, God's heart is continually reaching out to lost souls. And God is depending on me to do it for him. So, if we are following the Holy Spirit, then lost souls will be on our radar. If we are not following the Holy Spirit, lost souls will not be on our radar. If I am following the Holy Spirit and lost souls is something that's on my heart, then I am qualified to be a son and daughter full grown in the family. But if I think I'm following God and I never care two hoots about lost souls, then I'm not under the cloud as I imagine I am. And I'm not a full-grown son and daughter in the house. I'm a baby Christian and I still need my nappies changed. Now, you can say, ouch, or you can say, praise God. Praise God. <laughs> Whatever fits. <laughs> but we need to hear it, so I needed to hear that. Thank you for your enthusiasm, I appreciate it. <laughs> so put your lost friends, your lost neighbors on your prayer list, your lost family members, those you work with. Put them on your prayer list. At least begin to pray for our souls. Just one or two minutes a day. You'll be greatly rewarded for it. And you'll start having a desire to tell them about Jesus. It'll grow in you. School yourself to doing the right thing. Follow the word of God. Become a doer of this. You see, God is raising up a great church in his last days. A church that is walking in the cloud, walking in the spirit, in the power of God, the blessing of God. And a church that is going to be a mighty influence in this world for Christ. That's what this is about. So, if you are doing this and meditating in the word, you can command what you desire and it shall be done for you. It shall be done for you. You can speak the circumstances of life and command them to get out the way and change so you can come on through with a plan of God. Amen? See, this all works together. I don't want you believing God to go north when God wants you to go south. I don't want you using your faith to go north when God wants you to go south. This week we learned how to use faith, but let's first find out where the target is before you just shoot. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.